This is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and all things Chicago Blackhawks. With your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Tim Stampanato. This is the Stickblade Podcast. everybody there's only one thing to say the sun is shining so is Moet cider so is the future of the detroit red wings it's a shame that the red wings basically have concluded all of their meaningful games for the nhl season this season but you know what we've been quiet the past couple weeks but man this past couple days we're in the middle of a rebuild, but the Detroit Red Wings have a lot to be really happy about in their future. Um, tonight's episode is going to be kind of a unique one. It's a Red Wings only podcast. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, we're the Sick Blade Podcast. We're a podcast that covers the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks. Unfortunately, Tim and Nick can't be here tonight, so you get only Red Wings stuff to talk about, which is fine because you know what? The Wings have had some awesome stuff going on the past couple of days. Yeah. I'm going to be your host for tonight, Jordan. And for my co-host, David Barnhouse, everybody, welcome to the show. David, how are we doing? I'm doing great. You know, the two Black Hat guys aren't here, so I can finally air my grievances. Nick, why does that man always able to pull off beanies? I mean, I wear a beanie. It looks like I have an egghead. That man, great head for a beanie. Tim, guy's got a great beard. It's not fair. Guy could shave at 8 a.m., has a beard by 1 p.m. I'm sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of it. I don't let it out. But no, no, like I said, normally this is the Chicago Blackhawks and Detroit Red Wings podcast. But like I said, the Blackhawks guys aren't here. So it's going to be only Red Wings stuff to talk about tonight. But, you know, it's fine because there's a lot to talk about for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and just start working our way through these topics. Um, we'll work our way down through this list and then just sort of touch on it as we go. Um, the first piece of news, it's not official, but... For all intents and purposes, Moritz Sider is winning the Calder Trophy. The guy is 19 points ahead of the next rookie, and he's a defenseman playing on the top pair. Anybody who doesn't vote for this kid to be the number one Calder winner doesn't watch hockey. Oh, of course not. It's, it's, it's remarkable the season he's had with how young he is. I mean... He's playing, like I said to you before the show, he's playing years ahead of his age. Like the kid, it, it's just his positioning too. Like he knows where to be. Like, let's not forget the other thing about this is he's been doing this being stapled to Danny DeKaiser. Like, could you imagine how good his stats would look if he had, I don't know, like a John Klingberg or somebody like that on his hair, you know, a guy who's, in his prime, who is really another top pair defenseman. It's like if you had to do one of those, like, you know, work picnic, three-man three leg races that they have you do at the work retreats, and the person you're tied to is just a dumpster fire. Because Danny DeKaiser has not looked good in a while. <laughs> it just, it blows my mind how good this kid is at 20 years old. Like Ridiculous. And it's crazy because I remember going back to when we drafted him and I and myself included, I was kind of scratching my head about, you know, like, why is Steve Iuzer been grabbing this kid who, yeah, he was playing over in the German DL, which is, you know, a mix of teenagers and grown men. But 
it was one of those leagues where it's not really known for producing a lot of high end players. Like, why are we spending a pick in the top six on a player here? But you know what, man, I will eat crow forever. And I will say, I'm happy. I'm wrong. Oh, I'll agree with you. Like when we drafted him, it wasn't like, Oh, nice. Awesome. It was more for me. Like, wait, who's more at cider? <laughs> Cause I had no idea. Like he wasn't in the lists I'd been looking at. And I was just like, I mean, I trust Steve Eiserman. So if this is who he thinks he wants to draft, by all means, okay. And thank you, Steve Eiserman. Holy crap, what a pick. So we're only a couple of years out from that draft, but in two or three years, if I wonder like what if you could do like a redraft, I wonder, does he go number one overall? Like when he really hits his prime, I mean, at this point right now, it looks like if you did a redraft, him and Zegers would be number one and number two. Oh, for sure. So let's see, like the 2019 draft. If I so can... It was Jack Hughes was the number one that year, right? Jack Hughes one, Capo Caco two, Kirby Doc three, Bowen Byram four, Alex Turcote five, and then Cider at six. I just, it, it's crazy, like, how good he has been as a rookie at the NHL level. And I know he got experience at Grand Rapids, you know, his draft year. But, man, for being 20 years old, to be putting up 76 points as a defenseman, we, that's like a point per game. <laughs> I remember when we, like, after his amazing season in the SHL, we were like, now we just got to pump the brakes a bit because – you know, it probably won't be the same when he comes over to the wings. It'll probably be like 70% that or 40 or 60% that. No, he's like, nah, I, I got this. Um, I think the big thing for me, and I think kind of, I know it's really early to be looking forward to, you know, next season, but I'm trying to even think about who they're going to put him with next season because Danny DeKaiser is off the books. They could sign Mark Stahl to another contract, which I would be okay with. But I don't know if he would be served well playing with Mark Stahl. I think Stahl's not a top pair. No, like Mark Stahl is a great bottom four defenseman, a guy who can even plug in. But I want to see what this kid is capable of doing when he has another legitimate top pair defenseman to work with. Oh, for sure. I mean, you and I talked before we started recording. Like, we have the cap space. Iserman. If he feels like the second he feels like the team's ready to go, he's going to whip up that checkbook and be like, what are we missing? Okay. Hold on. Okay. Got it. Like, even if it's like negotiating with the teams, the man's a master negotiator. Like he can spot talent better than we can. I mean, Raymond cider. I mean, we're kind of talking about defensemen. Um, we'll move on really quick to another defenseman who the Wings have. Um, he's still on contract technically for the rest of the season. Now, granted, there's only like what two games left the rest of the season. Um, and we, we were just talking about a Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl ended up being given the Masterton Award, which is a kind of a cool award. Um, for anyone who doesn't follow it, basically, it's like a sportsmanship type award. A guy who is a veteran who shows good leadership, good. Uh, sportsmanship and quality play to younger players, which that's great to have somebody like that on the wings. I think mm-hmm. I can't remember. Did Nick Cronwell win it one year? That sounds familiar. I think he did. I but that's kind of a cool milestone for a guy who's on Detroit to be having is to win that trophy. I mean, yeah, he just hit his thousandth game this season. Um, 
He's a great guy. Everyone seems to love him. Every locker room he's been in. Um, everyone speaks highly of him. Well-deserved. Uh, with a young team that we have, we need good veteran leadership. And I think he is the right guy for that spot. Um, we're, our, we're still on the topic of defensemen. Um, William Wallander, we when we were talking about Cider before he came over to the SHL or before he became the phenom at the NHL, we were talking about his season over in the Swedish Hockey League. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of funny, back-to-back years, the Detroit Red Wings have the player who wins the SHL U-20 Player of the Year, and we have him this year. His name is William Wallander. I'm not going to say that he's going to be as good as Moritz Sider because I don't think the underlying numbers show that, but it's kind of cool that the Wings have another great Swedish player in their pipeline. And again, shocker, he's playing with a club who has a lot of prestige behind it. Yeah, like it's really great to see him developing well and him earning those, you know, that praise and those rewards. Hopefully it transitions over to the NHL or even the AHL if we see fit that he starts with the Griffins. Um, but it shows good things in the pipeline for our, our, our defensive prospects. I mean, I feel like we're going to be talking about defensemen for a little bit tonight because we have another one to talk about who just signed his entry-level deal too, but as much as our defense isn't great right now, NHL wise, like you said, you stapled Danny to Kaiser to Moritz Sider. The future looks very good for the defensive prospects. I mean, if a couple of them turn out to be gems, we've got a very strong defensive, you know, pairings. And I don't really think this is unrealistic to say, but I think when all is said and done with this defensive group, I think it looks just as good as the National Predators group and the Carolina Hurricanes groups looked when they were getting ready to start taking those steps and, you know, going on deep playoff runs. I mean, I think for three years, the Nashville Predators were known as the best defensive group in the NHL. Oh God, Smashville. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm just excited to see Edvinson and Sider playing together. I think, I don't think they'll start off being a pair together, but I think as they get a bit older, they're going to be our, you know, our top bill defensive pairing. If those two can be your number one and number two defenseman, your top pair, and you can slot Heronic down to your middle pair, where he probably realistically will end up belonging and truly belonging. You've got three out of your top four defensemen for your cup contending team established. You can find a top four defenseman in free agency. You're going to pay some money for it, but you can find them. It's not as hard to find those guys as it is a top pair, a true number one. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think Cider is our number one. Like, hands down. Does it all. Does it all. Mm -hmm. Um, A player who... Kind of puts up really has been putting up really similar stats to Moritz Sider, not as good as he was in his season over in the SHL, but still a pretty similar season to him stat wise. And a player who I think actually has a little bit more of like an offensive punch to him, kind of like a Victor Edmund style player. Simon Edmondson, our first round draft pick last year, when what was he, he was sixth overall, too, right? Yeah, I think we've had this. Just the drafts of six. We had was, Raymond at six. We've had Cider at six. And I think Edvinson was also six. Yeah, he was six. Um, Zadina was six. 
Yeah, so the NFL to us at six. But so anyway, Simon Edmondson, he ends up signing his entry level contract with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, basically, what this means is, is he can come play in Grand Rapids next year if he wants to do that, or the club wants him to do that. Rather, sorry, Raymond was four. My bad. Yeah, Raymond. Sorry, yeah, Raymond was four. Cider was six. Edmondson was six. Zadina was six. Mm-hmm. Um, so Edmondson, he can come play over in the AHL or the NHL if the team thinks he's ready for that. I would like to say I want to see him at the NHL level. I think, though, I've got to see what he does at the prospect tournament that they have every year up in Traverse City. And I want to see how he looks in prospect camp with other rookies that are vying for spots, as well as against other teams in the preseason. I think he's close but I need to see for sure how he looks against those players before I say, yes, he's a guaranteed lock for the Detroit Red Wings. It's true. I'm just thinking like who are def- our six defensemen are. I mean, you have Hironic, you have Cider, you have Stahl. Um, if he resigns, if he resigns, I think he will. Um, the Kaiser's gone. Letty's gone. Letty's gone. So, uh, Lindstrom, maybe Lindstrom or Osterley. Lindstrom's there. Um, who's the guy we traded? Uh, for Joe Levy? St. Louis, St. Louis, who we get with St. with Sonny? Uh, it was, oh, you're talking about uh, Jake Wallman. So Wallman, I don't know. I think Edvinson, with the pairings we have now, I think he's going to surprise people. He may start in Griffins, but I don't think he'll stay in the Griffins. No, and that's the thing is like I think he's very close already. If he's not ready for the NHL right now, I think he's very close. Yeah. It's just. I'm not a hundred percent there on him. Like I was on Moritz cider. Mm-hmm. Like where I was a hundred percent on Moritz cider. I'm at like 85 on Edmondson. I just need to make sure that the stuff that he's doing over in Sweden, he can fully translate and make happen at the North American level. But if okay. it, that stuff can translate, then yeah, absolutely. I think he's ready for the Detroit Red Wings. For sure. Um, We were another, uh, it seems like we're talking about a lot of Swedes right now. Um, we are Team Sweden. <laughs> the Wings had the Russian Five in the nineties. I feel like we're like we had 20- Swedish. We had the Swedish like five, six, seven in the two thousands. I mean, you had Zetterberg, you had Holmstrom, you had Franzen, you had Lidstrom, you had Cronwall. I feel like there's a couple more I'm missing, but like we were a Swedish team for a while too. It just it, it feels like the Detroit Red Wings literally pick a country and say we're grabbing your superstars. We're going to have a team for them for a while. Yeah. But- um. Speaking of Swedish players, Elmer Soderblom he got selected for the uh, the Sweden national team for the Czech Republic or uh, the Czech hockey games this uh, weekend. That's kind of again a great sign for the Red Wings. It's one of those things where you've got all these players who were not. Just first round, Ottawa assume they're going to make the NHL level guys who look like they could potentially do an NHL stint or an NHL career towards the bottom of a roster. This is such an awesome thing to be seen with our prospects pipeline. Oh, for sure. Like seeing our prospects get recognized, seeing them pop up like, oh, he they've been picked for this or they've been nominated for this or they're leading the points in this like. That's exciting to see. You think, okay, this is our future, and the future is bright. I mean, and it, it's crazy. I feel like 
I feel like an infomercial salesman. You're like, and wait, there's more. But <laughs> it's it's been a long time since we felt this because I remember like before Iserman, as we were going downward, I wasn't excited about any of our guys in the pipeline. Like for a lot, like our goaltenders, like. I can't remember a goaltender that I was excited about until Sebastian Kosa, like I mean, Morazic, maybe, but Morazic didn't last very long. No. And that's the thing is like the wings haven't really had a goaltender who I've really looked at aside from Sebastian Kosa, like you said, who I thought, you know, that guy looks like he will pan out at the NHL level. Like there've been a couple of guys who I thought have looked like maybe they could have AHL careers like Caden, like uh, Hayden Fulcher could have one. Um was, I'm going to butcher the guy's name. I think it's a uh, Jorgen. Yeah. Jorgen van Pottelberg. Fun name. Like the wings have had a couple who have looked okay, but none that I've really thought like that guy looks like he has what it takes to make the NHL. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about goaltenders, I guess right now you want to just move on to another piece <laughs> of awesome news for the wings. Because like I said, wait, there's more. The monster between the pipes. Sebastian Costa is a big boy and he's he's in the running for uh, the WHL goaltender of the year award. And uh, he's one of only four nominees for it, which I know the WHL is a smaller league, but it's still great to see that he's up for that award. And I think last I checked, he has like a nine two save percentage. That's NHL starter numbers. If you can get that at the NHL, that's a certified starter. Yeah, and like you're saying, the WHL is not as big of a league, but it would be a problem if he wasn't getting recognized for something in a league that wasn't that big. The fact that he's performing very, very well in a league that it's not terrible, but it's not like the SHL. Like the fact that he's on top of that league basically with a 0.92 save percentage and he's nominated for goaltender of the year, that says something. Is he ready to play in the Red Wings? No, but this is going to be a step up for him. And I could see him honestly in Grand Rapids next year. Yeah, and you know what? If the Red Wings decided to offer him a contract and say, Hey, come play in Grand Rapids next year, I would be fine with that. Like, actually, no, they can't do that because of the stupid rules at the CHL bargaining agreement. But if the wings were willing to find a, or were able to find a way to get him out of Grand Rapids next season, I would be all for it. Um, I, but like you said, I don't think he's ready for the NHL level, not by a long shot yet, but it is good to see that this lower level league that he's playing in, he's one of the top guys at his position. This is the sort of pick where you look back and who's a Vasilevsky was picked. What was it? 15 or 16th in the, uh, the first round of, from Tampa, yeah, that was our pick. Yeah, the uh, the Jacob Kindle pick. Oh, but sometimes those first round draft picks that are in the middle that you take a gamble on a guy, sometimes they pan out really good. This could be one of those picks where it's going to take a while to see it, but when it hits, it's going to hit really well. What was the Kyle Quincy pick again? Remember, we gave up a good pick for Quincy. Was Vas- uh, was he- was Vasilevsky the Kindle pick or was he the Kyle Quincy pick? I think it was the Quincy pick. All I remember is we picked somebody with it. They did nothing, and then literally the next year they were gone. It's just painful. <laughs> um, I I'm looking at our schedule for the topics. Um, let's see. 
All right. Yeah. We have one more topic that is a quote unquote good news topic. Um, Jonathan Bergeron <laughs> and wait, there's more is the first rookie to hit 60 points with the Grand Rapids Griffins. He did it in 68 games, just under a point per game guy. I'm not, I'm pretty sure he's going to the Detroit Red Wings next year. Like Domestikov is freeing up a spot. He's gone now. Mm-hmm. You've got, I, I would imagine either Gagne or Ernie, one of those two is gone next year. I've got to imagine this kid makes the team. I just, they're trying to trend into like a younger team. I feel like one of those two has got to be gone in order to make room for a guy like this. I would think so. I think, I think Gagne would have the better chance of staying because he is the smart veteran who like can teach the players, but yeah, you're right. I think someone's going, so he makes the team. He's on the team next year. And the fun thing to note about Bergeron is he's like a player who the Wings have had him for a minute. It's This is one of those players who wasn't flashy straight out of the draft, a player mm-hmm. who I think a lot of fans kind of forgot about for a while. Mm-hmm. And... Like you're not seeing clips of him all the time making fancy plays. He's just doing stuff that's really efficient, stuff that is very quick, very methodical, and it's not flashy, but it gets it done. Yeah, because he was the 33rd pick, so he was... He was barely a second rounder. Yeah, he... And like people forgot about him because we had the two first round picks with Zadina and Valeno, and people were so focused on Zadina that he dropped to us and that Valeno dropped as far as he did to us. People forgot about Bergen for a little bit. And I was, I think people were surprised because like, really we took another offensive player when we need defense. And I didn't mind. I was like, Bergen seems like a fun player. And you're right. He didn't come out flashy and blowing people away. It took time for him to kind of learn and adjust. And now he's taken the AHL by storm with the Griffins. I'm looking at the schedule. I don't see any more fun news to talk about. Um, unfortunately, the Wings had some bad news this past week come up. Um, so the first Flash one... Flash still has a job. Yeah, that's given. For how long, I don't know. I ooh, I could rant and rave about how I, I think, want him gone. Did we ever figure out if his contract expires this year or is it next year? I think next year's an optional extension, if I remember right. Okay. Um, but for the bad news, Philip Sedina and Dylan Larkin are both out for the remainder of the season. Um, like I said, there's only, I think like two games left in this season, so it's not long, but Sedina is basically out with an appendicitis, um, caught it down, had it down in Florida stuck. Oh no. In warm weather. (laughs) I feel you Zadina. I went through the same thing, except mine didn't get removed right away. And then Dylan Larkin is out for a, uh, He's up for a surgery. He ended up getting surgery done to his, uh, I believe it's like part of like his core of like his abs or something like that. It was mm-hmm. kind of similar to the Jacob Verona uh, injury, I think, right? I thought Verona's was his shoulder. Was it? No. Who had it for, for the core? Maybe. No, that wasn't Verona, though. But anyway, Dylan Larkin is out. He's expected to be out at least for the next eight weeks or so before he can finally start skating and stuff like that again, which is fine. It's going to give him some time to rest from, you know, being the top line center of a, a professional hockey team for the entire season. He needs a break. 
give and Kevin a break. Well, that's in, like these last two games, they're not what makes or breaks Detroit for this year. We're already out of the playoffs, like, and we're pretty much locked into our draft spot, like in terms of the draft lottery. Like that's the thing. If like if somehow New Jersey beats us what this week, it's not gonna be the make or break for whether the wings are gonna be picking higher or not. That's not the deciding factor. So Dylan Larkin being out, it's not. You don't hope you like you're not obviously happy to see it, but it's not one of those things where you look at it and go, man, our season's down the drain. Yeah, Chicago's six points behind us with sixty three, and we're sixty nine. Like we're not moving. We're the eighth spot in the in the lottery. Um, it's unfortunate to see both of these guys out, but hopefully it gives them some good rest time to come back stronger next season. And next season is kind of, I think, when we want to really start seeing the wings take a step forward. I mean, we've been talking about a lot of these young prospects coming through. A lot of them will not be making the team next year. That's a given, but some of them will. Some of them will get a chance to play with the club next year. And I think that's kind of when the team is going to be looking at these players and saying, okay, realistically, what do we have here in three years from now in five years from now? And is it enough to get to the top of the mountain? Yeah. I think next year is a really telling sign of where we're going to be at and who we're going to bring in as well. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the offseason. I'm looking forward to hopefully the RNG gods are in our favor in terms of the, those, those little ping pong balls. Uh, maybe we can move up a couple spaces this year. I doubt it, but we'll see. Well, we'll talk about it during the offseason, but I cannot stand that they don't do the draft lottery ball drawing live. You would think it would be live and it would be before the draft. Like, I think the NBA is the same. Like, they, they, they at least they do theirs live, I feel like. Or no. Do they? I thought they were on the wheel system. I don't remember how the NBA does it, but I feel like it's better than how the NHL does it. Re- regardless, the NHL needs to put this thing on live TV. Like, I, I've seen people say, oh, well, once you see who's going to get the first overall pick, the second one, it's an autofill. That doesn't matter. People would absolutely tune in to watch those lottery balls come it's, down. It's just so fishy to me. Like the COVID year where they were like, oh, it's going to be a random team and a team that gets eliminated from the bubble. And I'm like, the bubble team's going to win it. One of the bubble teams is going to win it. Like, why would they give so much promotion to that if it's not going to be a bubble team? And wouldn't you know it, a bubble team got the first overall pick. And it was the freaking New York Rangers who were a team that didn't need the first pick. And like, that's the thing, like the cards that they do, it's not fun to watch somebody get up in front and show cards. Like no, that's not fun boring. to watch. It's boring. Like people can already go online and look at the stats for what teams are in what draft order. And then when those cards get revealed, you can, you can like pencil fill in who's still there, who's not. And you know, the draft order, like those cards aren't fun to watch, watching those balls fall and figuring out who in that moment is going to get those picks. That's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Very true. Um, 
We have a six percent chance to get the first pick. Again, we'll we'll get into this. I feel like during the off season, but if we did end up winning the draft lottery and getting Shane Wright, how much closer is the Red Wings rebuild to being over? I think it's hop skipping away. I think Eisenman will be like, all right, forwards are all set. I think we could seriously consider trading away a top forward like a Bertuzzi for some good capital, maybe a good defenseman. Eisenman would be more willing to open his checkbook and splash some Ken Holland cash. Um, I think we'd be on the verge. It's crazy looking at this team moving forward, how potentially bright the future is going to be. And it, it hasn't been fun getting here. I think me and you both agree that season two years ago where they kept losing pretty much every game, one to five, one to six, two to seven, two to seven, two to five, one to five. Like we were, we were, we were a lock in for the first overall pick odds before the COVID lockdown happened. That's how uh, embarrassing it was. We were like already like, all right, they're the number one lottery odds. And it wasn't even like it was March. It, it was crazy. Like, it's not been fun to get to this point, but man. And it like, it hurt because it was like 26 straight years of making the playoffs. And like, granted, yes, the last like four years we made the playoffs were just like, mm, this is painful because it's like the ship's about to crash. The Titanic's about to hit the iceberg. It's, it's going to happen. And it did. And it just hit hard. It's like you're walking down the street and you turn a corner and Mike Tyson's just there waiting for you with a left hook. Just boom. Yeah, I think that's everything I have for us to talk about in terms of the Red Wings news. Like I said, there's been a lot of good stuff to talk about these past couple of weeks. Uh, to, to chime in from earlier, I was correct. It was the Quincy trade. Okay, was it the Quincy one? Kyle Quincy. <laughs> is, is Kyle Quincy even in the NHL anymore? No. No. Because <laughs> it's kind of weird how some of these trades pan out. Like I looked up, oh, what's his name? Jacob Della Rose, the player that we traded for Robbie Fabry. Yes. He doesn't play in the NHL anymore. He's playing, I think, over in Sweden now. Like <laughs> Quincy plays. Uh, wait, Quincy. Does he still play? I'm sure he plays over in Europe somewhere. Ooh, I don't know. On August 28, 2018, he signed a one-year deal with the Finnish club HIFK. So he's playing over in Finland? But it was a one-year deal in 2018. Where is he? Where is Kyle Quincy? Not Andre Vasilevsky. That's where he's at. Oh, God. It's kind of like I was looking today at the Miguel Cabrera trade when we brought him to Detroit the Tigers and it's like we gave up pretty much nothing for him we gave them Andrew Miller who went on to be a pretty good relief pitcher but Miguel Cabrera we got for pretty much nothing that's sports though man like sometimes you give up nothing and you get the world yep um but yeah that's pretty much everything that I have on the schedule for Red Wings news. Um there is one piece of wing or one piece of league news that I kind of want to talk about. Yeah. Um the Vegas Golden Knights might finally be missing the playoffs this year. For the first time in their history of a team. I mean I'm 
like I'm not like actively rooting against Vegas. I actually oh. would l- really like to see them win it just to shut up everybody who was hating on them their first season. But it is kind of interesting that they have been competitive for this long as an expansion team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they drafted very well. We've talked about it numerous times. They looked at the expansion draft as like, let's take all these teams, number two forward line players, and just make a team out of them. And they did. And it's good. Um, they've been struggling this season with injuries, which, you know, that'll hurt you. Um, but they're not out of it yet. If they beat Dallas tomorrow in regulation, I think their chances shoot up pretty well. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it, it is crazy that they, it, has taken them this long to miss the playoffs potentially. And they're not even guaranteed to miss yet. Um, I think that was the only thing league wise that I had for news, um, except for the fact that the officiating around the NHL has been terrible as of late as it's awful as it's been recently. (laughs) That'd be better. It's officiating in a lot of like sports leagues has been terrible. The British Premier League Soccer League, like, there's been some very questionable things. And they have video replay, too, and they'll look at it and be like, hmm, the ball did hit him in the arm, but I don't think it's a handball. Okay. But, like, we need to, like, train refs in sports better. Like, if this is your job, do your job. Like, you or me, we screw up on our job. We, we do bad in an evaluation or an observation or things like that. It hurts us. Referees, I don't see them getting punished for anything, for making terrible calls. The league just goes, ooh, we're sorry for what happened. We're not going to give you anything for it, but we're sorry. Like, everything has been so inconsistent this year with the refs. Like It, it feels like so many of the calls in the NHL this year have been inconsistent. Like, slashing has been really inconsistent. Yep. Tripping has been ridiculously ridiculously inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, the slashing, that slash that Sunquist had, the slash that he had, like, I'll give you, that's a two-minute minor fare. He slashed the guy on the hands. That's not a game misconduct. But then you look like right before that when we had questionable things that should have been called for us, and they didn't. Like, like the Moritz Sider head hit after yeah. like he caught the puck in the air? Yeah, like that. That was like before that. And it's just ridiculous. Like, I, I, I got to agree with Larkin from the beginning of the year after he got like cheap shotted by the Tampa Bay Lightning player. And when he saw no call was happening, he's like taking it in my own hands. And he threw that punch. Like, I have no issue with that. Like, if the rest aren't going to do something, the players are going to police themselves. I, I, feel, I feel like that's is. one of the best things about hockey, though, is that it kind of is self policing in that way. Like, if somebody is getting targeted on your team, somebody will go after that player usually. Oh, yeah, for sure. But anyway, I think that's everything that I have for our show tonight. Um, like I said, it's a shorter one because we don't have Tim and Nick here to cover the Blackhawks news. They'll be back with us next episode, so we'll have plenty to catch up with them. And also, we're going to kind of recap the season as a whole because at that point, the season will be over next week. Oof. Looking forward to that Blackhawks recap. <laughs> they're doing their best impression of us from two years ago <laughs> except they weren't expecting to do their best impression of us they were like "Ooh, we got flurry we got tyler johnson 
we had a great season last year. We didn't expect it. We're going to be awesome this year. And it was just awful. And it's not even like Icarus flew too close to the sun thing. Like (laughs) Icarus flew right into the ground. Uh, Oh man. I can't wait. It'll be a good one next week with uh, Tim and Nick back. Um, Oh, for sure. We appreciate you guys getting uh, getting here and like catching us during this really short episode. Again, we apologize that it's a short one, but Tim and Nick are busy. Life happens, everyone. But that's our show for tonight. Um, for your host, Jordan Scott, and for my co-host, David Brownhouse, we appreciate you guys tuning in and watching and slash listening to this episode of the Sick Blade Podcast. If you liked what you heard or watched, feel free to give us a like, follow, share, retweet, whatever the social media currency is on the platform you found us. We are on YouTube. We are on SoundCloud. We're on Apple Podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on um, Facebook. So whatever avenue you found us, feel free to give us that currency. It really helps the show grow. And it's a way that if you guys you know, have questions, comments, feedback, whatever for the show, it's a great way for us to see it and improve the show and also you know, get stuff like discussion topics, stuff that if you want us to talk about, we'll talk about. So feel free to send that stuff in every once in a great while. We'll get it from somebody and we appreciate when we do. Mm-hmm. But with all that being said, again, thank you all for watching and tuning into the show. This has been another edition of the Stickblade podcast, and we'll catch you guys all back here next time. Catch you later. <laughs>